This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... To pass final judgment on a person based on what is in effect a board of preliminary investigation which has not made a final determination of the facts could lead to lawlessness in South Africa. That's Anglican Archbishop of Cape Town, Tabo Makgoba, using urging people to wait until an investigation is completed before making a judgment on President Cyril Ramaphosa. Details coming up. Mali's media authority has allowed Joliba TV back on air after weeks of suspension. Ghana is out of the World Cup after a 2-0 loss to Uruguay, while Cameroon soon will kick off in the team's last group match. We'll have these stories and more ahead on African News Tonight. We start with our top story. South Africa's ruling African National Congress Party is holding emergency talks after an independent panel said President Cyril Ramaphosa may have broken the law and called for an impeachment inquiry. The panel said Wednesday that Ramaphosa needs to explain the theft of at least half a million dollars hidden in a sofa on his game farm, the scandal known as Farmgate has led to calls for the president to step down. Vicky Stark reports from Cape Town, South Africa. Ahead of the party's National Executive Committee meeting, ANC Chairperson Gwede Mantashe said the report recommending the impeachment inquiry should be examined. The report from an independent panel says there are questions about the amount of money stolen from the president's game farm, the source of the money, and also whether it was declared for tax purposes. The president says $580,000 was stolen and that the money was from the sale of 20 buffaloes to a Sudanese businessman. But former spy boss Arthur Fraser says the amount stolen is between 4 and $8 million given to the president and his advisor by several Middle Eastern and African countries. The Anglican Archbishop of Cape Town, Tabo Mahoba, urged people to wait until an investigation is completed before making a judgment in the case. It is correct that no one should be above the law, but to pass final judgment on a person based on what is in effect a board of preliminary investigation which has not made a final determination of the facts, could lead to lawlessness in South Africa. Wayne Divinage is CEO of an anti-corruption group, the Organization Undoing Tax Abuse. Uh, we should be demanding the highest uh, conduct from a president, and in which case, if that if it is what we're looking for, then, then he should be stepping down. And on top of that, the ANC has been the problem for so long. The fact that we have so many people found one thing and implicated in corruption and maladministration still in positions of power uh, is a serious matter for this country. He says citizens must unite and show their displeasure at the polls. Civil society has to become very vigilant to protect the gains that we've uh, been able to achieve since 2017 and to make sure that when 2024 comes, uh, we have high voter turnout so that we can remove the ANC from power because the ANC 
is the reason why we're in so much trouble in South Africa. Constitutional law expert and University of Cape Town professor Pierre Defoss says parliamentarians will vote on whether to adopt the report and proceed with the impeachment inquiry on Tuesday. It's a party vote, so if the ANC instructs its caucus to vote against such a motion, that will be the end of the impeachment motion. And does he think President Ramaphosa will survive as his predecessor Jacob Zuma did? It is a political calculation that depends on what happens in the ANC. In the past, though, ANC and its caucus in the National Assembly, as we know from the Zuma era, have protected its uh, president, the president of the party, from this kind of accountability. In an interview with the local TV station Friday, ANC Chair Mantashe denied a report that Ramaphosa is considering resigning. The president has maintained his innocence, with his spokesman saying he wants to do what's best for the country. Vicky Stark for VOA News, Cape Town, South Africa. Kenyan President William Ruto has suspended four election commissioners who refused to endorse the August presidential election results, which the commission chairman used to declare Ruto the winner. Victoria Munga reports from Nairobi. In a Gazette notice Friday, Kenyan President William Ruto suspended election commissioners Juliana Cherera, Francis Wanderi, Irene Masit and Justice Nyangaya. The four were accused of gross misconduct and violation of Kenya's constitution for refusing to approve the vote counts that showed President Ruto defeating Raila Odinga in the August presidential election. The commissioners cited what they termed opaqueness in the tallying and verification process as their reason for rejecting the results. Ruto has appointed a tribunal to process a petition from three Kenyan members of parliament to remove them from office. The nine-member tribunal can recommend the false dismissal or a full reinstatement. Odinga is defending the ousted commissioner, saying they have proof that he won the election, but their fate is already predetermined. Some political analysts say although removing the commissioners from office is lawful, both the effort to remove them and Odinga's defense is questionable. Javas Bigambo is one such analyst. Does the defense of the former Odinga speak to some unknown connection between Raila and the four. Is it that then the removal of this and the recommendation of the removal of these four commissioners by parliament as well, the majority, also speak to some political inclination? So Kenyans must now rise and start to rethink modalities and mechanisms of proper election management. The tribunal, which is headed by Kenya's Justice Agri Muchelule, is required to conclude hearing the four commissioners and report findings within 30 days. The four are in the meantime forbidden from dispensing official duties, but will be paid half their monthly salaries. Victoria Amunga for VOA News, Nairobi. Zambia is pushing to complete the restructuring of nearly $15 billion to external debt and is already negotiating with its largest creditor, China, on an estimated $6 billion of that total. Zambia defaulted on its sovereign debt two years ago. Reuters notes that the current government is working to restructure the loans and revive economic growth. In February, the IMF approved a $1 billion three-year loan to help it restructure its debt. 
China has said it will continue to carry out friendly consultations with Lusaka. Reuters says analysts see debt restructuring as part of an expected spate of defaults in poorer countries that have borrowed heavily from overseas creditors. In related news, Nigeria's finance minister says his country's borrowing is still sustainable and that authorities would meet debt obligations. Nigerian officials say the country owed $103 billion at the end of last June. Reuters says that according to Nigerian finance officials, its debt is 33% of GDP, one of the lowest in the world, and that there is no need for restructuring. You're listening to African News Tonight. I'm Yehis Wuhib in Washington. Mali's media authority has lifted the suspension of an independent television channel, Joliba TV, which it took off the air in November for criticizing the military government. Annie Reisenberg reports from Bamako, Mali. Mali's High Authority of Communication, HAC, has lifted a ban on one of the country's major TV stations, Joliba TV News, which had been off the air since November 3rd. A Thursday press release by the HAC says that the station has undertaken the measures necessary and given sufficient guarantees to correct shortcomings noted by the High Authority of Communication. The statement added the decision was made taking into account the mediation and appeals for clemency from media associations and with consideration of the economic consequences of the suspension on the station and its workers. Joliba Director of Information Mohamed Ateher Haldidou was summoned to HAC in October over an editorial in which he expressed concern about attacks on freedom of expression and democracy in Mali by the ruling military government. HAC accused Joliba of launching defamatory remarks and unfounded accusations concerning freedom of expression in Mali and the transitional authorities. The HAC's November statement said the station would be taken off the air for two months because of what it called serious and repeated breaches and violations of the substantive provisions of the Code of Ethics for Journalism in Mali. Halidou has spoken openly about freedom of expression and freedom of the press in Mali, telling VOA News in March that self-censorship was rampant in the Malian press space as journalists feared reprisals from the military government. Malian authorities this year have refused to grant accreditation to foreign journalists and detained or targeted several prominent critics of the government. Halidou also spoke out against HAC's April decision to take France 24 and Radio France International off the air following reports on alleged human rights abuses by Mali's army, a decision that was condemned by press freedom advocates. Annie Reisenberg for VOA News, Bamako, Mali. The world marked World AIDS Day this week with the theme to equalize this, that is, end the disparities in access to treatment among the poor, women, sex workers, and other disenfranchised groups. The issue is an important one in the developing world, including in Zambia, which has recorded an increase of more than 38,000 new HIV infections, especially among young people. Zambian authorities say the trend is worrying and needs urgent intervention as it threatens the country's future. Katie Short has more from Luxaka. Nearly 40% of new cases are among 
Nearly 40% of new cases are among adolescents between 15 and 24 years, with about 11,000 of all new infections in adolescent girls and young women. Zambia's Health Minister, Sylvia Masebo, says evidence indicates that a large proportion of new infections are largely due to unprotected sex. It is estimated that more than 1.4 million people in the country are living with HIV-AIDS. Masebo says the government should redouble its efforts to reduce new HIV infections at all costs. To address stigma and discrimination, other inequalities which drive the HIV pandemic, we need to address unequal access to information, human rights violations, gender-based violence, social economic and social behavioral barriers, as well as punitive laws and policies as they perpetuate the HIV pandemic. Henry Kabwe is the executive director of the NGO called the Media Network on Child Rights and Development. He charges that the government is not doing enough to restrict young people from accessing alcohol and nightclubs, which he says is a big driver of HIV AIDS. We have a problem where it comes to uh, lawlessness in our country. There is um, an increased level of alcohol, uh, which is uncontrolled. Somebody can just set up a stand anywhere and, uh, you know, these children are imbibing in alcohol. If you go to the nightclubs, you find that um, they don't restrict access. And Princess Kasune Zulu, a prominent Zambian HIV activist, is also the first member of parliament to come out publicly about her status 24 years ago. She says HIV AIDS is not a death sentence. But not all hope is lost. Zambia and the United States say the country has made major strides in increasing access to antiretroviral therapy and reducing viral loads in the blood of patients. A growing number of patients are also being tested and thus becoming aware of their health status. According to the World Health Organization, more than 38 million people around the world were living with HIV at the end of 2021. More than 25 million are in sub-Saharan Africa. And in his message to commemorate World AIDS Day, which falls on December 1 each year, United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres noted that the world efforts to control HIV AIDS are off track. The UN chief says the Equalize slogan is a call to action, a call to adopt proven practical actions that will help end the disease. I'm Kathy Short for VOA News in Lusaka. Zambia. Zambia says it will start rationing electricity to domestic consumers starting on December 15th. According to Reuters, Energy Minister Peter Kapata said today that low water levels in Lake Kariba have dropped to about 4% of usable storage, threatening power generation from two stations in Zambia and Zimbabwe. 
The new service says heavy power use by their two neighbors has reduced flows into the lake from the Zambezi River. The agency managing the station has asked Zimbabwe to cut generation uh, to 300 megawatts and Zambia to 800. Zambia relies on hydropower for, for all but 25% of its electricity. Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. The United States believes in the need for justice and accountability in Libya for victims of atrocities. We also continue to be a strong supporter of the International Criminal Court, or the ICC, in Libya as a means of rendering justice and accountability in that nation. We commend the efforts of the court to investigate and prosecute those most responsible for the heinous atrocities committed against the Libyan people since February 2011, said Ambassador Richard Mills, Deputy U.S. Representative to the United Nations. We welcome the renewal of the U.N. support mission in Libya and the appointment of the Special Representative, in addition to the reinvigorated efforts to secure an agreement on a constitutional framework for elections and for Libya to hold free and fair elections as soon as possible. In the city of Tarhuna, the UN fact-finding mission found evidence that members of the Al-Qaniyat militia committed war crimes and a number of crimes against humanity, including murder, imprisonment, torture, enforced disappearance, and other inhumane acts. The fact-finding mission also identified three possible locations of undiscovered mass graves. The United States continues to believe that resolving political uncertainty and promoting accountability in Libya will go a long way toward addressing the chronic instability Libya continues to face, including the mobilization of armed groups, said Ambassador Mills. So we call on Libyan authorities to do more to support and advance accountability efforts, such as providing access to documentation, supporting technical engagement, and responding promptly to requests for assistance and visas. Former senior officials of the Qaddafi regime, such as Saif al-Islam Qaddafi, who is still subject to an ICC arrest warrant on charges of crimes against humanity and war crimes, must face justice, declared Ambassador Mills. Victims and survivors deserve the justice that has eluded them. Libyan authorities still have not cooperated to help bring him to face justice in The Hague. This must happen as soon as possible. The United States remains deeply concerned about the fate of migrants, including women and children who are subjected to sexual violence fleeing from Libya. Ambassador Mills called on Libyan authorities to take steps to dismantle the trafficking and smuggling routes. He also called for the withdrawal of all armed groups and mercenaries from Libya. The United States will continue to support the ICC's efforts to help bring justice to the people of Libya. That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. Time now for World Cup highlights. VOA's Jackson Infungane is standing by in Accra, Ghana, where Ghana faced Uruguay and lost Jackson, welcome to Africa News Tonight. Thank you so much, Eheyes. My first question is, what is the mood in Accra and uh, all over my Ghana? Goodness. Lots of disappointments. Yeah, lots of disappointments. Um, sorry, people calling me. Yeah, lots of disappointment in Accra. This has been a game they've been looking forward to 
for the last 12 years. Uh, it was supposed to be a repeat, a rematch, a revenge for 2010, uh, but they came up short. The Black Stars were, never, were not able to match up to the Uruguay, Uruguayans. They seemed much stronger. Go ahead. Hello, Jack. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. So, yes, so I was saying that uh, they, they uh, I didn't hear your question, but uh, I think uh, you asked me what the mood is like. I said, yes. uh, there's lo- lots of disappointment in the city of Accra right now. This is a game that they really wanted to win. Uh, they needed this for them to move on to the next round of 16. Uh, yes. But, you know, unfortunately, things did not work out uh, as they expected. But, so uh, it's going to be a long weekend here in Accra. It's a public holiday already. And people uh, were excited. They had won their jerseys. Music was playing everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I, you know, but, it is what it Jackson, is. Soccer is let, let, let me just interject here. Uh, you know, you you just mentioned the word like revenge uh, uh, for the you know the ten years ago thing with the penalty kick. Uh, so now. Is there a, a little sense of um, uh, pride by Ghanaians or the Ghana team blocking Uruguay from advancing to the next round? Uh, they actually both are, do, you know, Uruguay as, uh, as well as Ghana was eliminated. So doesn't Ghana at least get credit for that or gets a sense of satisfaction? It blocked Uruguay. Absolutely. I think that was the only redeeming aspect to this match is that uh, Ghanaians are saying at least Uruguayans are not proceeding to the next round. They're both out. They've been eliminated. But a win would have been really nice for them. Uh, they needed this. They felt like they needed this win more than the Uruguayans. They've been waiting, anticipation, excited, talking about revenging and avenging. But, you know, it just did yeah. not uh, meet the expectations of uh, of, of, of the moment. Yes, yes. Uh, Jackson, uh, history repeating itself. What is this story with this penalty kicks? Ghana. I don't know. It just, I do not huh? know. <laughs> they had an opportunity. They had an oppo- Ghana had an opportunity in the opening minutes to, to you know, to actually be, to get on top. Uh, and, and, you know, that would have a psychological impact yes. on the opposing team. Uh, but they did not capitalize on it. And, you know, yesterday I was watching the, the match from 2010. The same way they lost, they did, did not, were not able to convert any of the penalties. They had opportunities, but they could not convert them. Same thing today. They were, they, they were you know, in the 15 minutes into the game, they had a penalty that could have given them an advantage, both physically and mentally. It would have changed the dynamic of the game. They were not able, they came up short. They were not able to capitalize. Yes, yes, the team, uh, the team kind of uh, deflated after that. Yeah. So, so Cameroon is uh, what facing Brazil uh, in a few minutes. I, I mean, they're playing today. So, any uh, any hope for Africa in this World Cup now uh, that Ghana? Uh, has been I don't eliminated? know whether Cameroon is going to come off. I mean, there's very very <laughs> low expectations for Cameroon winning this game. Uh, I think Brazil has this in the bag. Mm-hmm. So it might be right now Africa's hope. Might be Senegal, uh, you know, Cameroon. I mean, we never know. We never count teams out until the final whistle, really. But 
You know, this was yeah, supposed uh, to be, yes, yesterday was a different conversation. We're talking about how this is supposed to be Africa's uh, World Cup, but, you know, things are looking different today. Yeah, yeah, let's not forget Morocco as well. Yes, Morocco, yes. Exactly. So, uh, Jackson, thank you for your input, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, as this thing progresses. Thank you, Yehayas. And that wraps up this edition of Africa News Tonight. I'm Yehayas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Barrow, and our engineer, Nelson Lopes, thanks for choosing the Voice of America.